This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hi, this is Marina Sirtis, Deanna Troy from Star Trek The Next Generation. You're listening to Trek FM. T.L. Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Philip Gilfus, sitting in the center chair this week. And I'm joined by my co-host, Chief Science Officer Daniel Pr- Daniel, why are you at tactical wearing gold? Are you parallel universe, Daniel? Don't you know, Philip, this is the what if the the chief characters of the show didn't live up to their potential and had to <laughs> be reassigned to a different division. So yes, of course, it makes sense that I would just be in plain old gold and not the prestigious blue shirt that I, uh, you know, so longingly belong in. You're just like some grunt now, just shooting phasers and trying to punch holes in the view screen. Exactly. That's exactly right. Okay. Rawr! Sense. There you go. Well, Mr. Proof. All right. I'm also <laughs> joined by our executive officer, Commander Darren Moser. Now, you know, it, it strikes me as odd that we have an executive officer and a first officer, but Darren, you, you seem like you completely belong here. Uh, yes, I totally do. Uh, you can see my Starfleet service record I have printed on this pad that I carry around with me at all times to validate that claim, but yes. Uh, well, you know, since we've been at war for many, many years with the bloody Cardassians, which <laughs> is totally true, uh, I've been stationed here, yes, on the Enterprise to serve as executive officer, which is totally what I am. I am the executive officer. That's This is what we look like. But some okay, look different, well, but this is what we look like. Oh, thank you, McMoser. Um, well, for for folks who, who can't tell, there, there's a watching you know TV shows or, or even movies outside of Star Trek, one thing that, that annoys me, and I know it's just probably just a me thing, is when I see episodes that like didn't really happen. Um, there's an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I think, I don't know if it's in the last season, where it's like, oh, is is Buffy really just in an insane asylum, imagining the whole thing? And then it kind of ends Wait, with, like, maybe... Are you maybe... far beyond the start? <laughs> oh, oh, well, don't get me started. But, like, and then, you know, and there's these things, there'll, there'll be these episodes where, like, maybe this whole series is a dream, and I'm like, okay, so did you just waste my time then? Is there or is it not? But then it does strike me, the next generation has done this on more than one occasion. So these are the uh, It Never Happened episodes. And, and they fall into a, a variety of categories. Um, so, so I'm hoping you all will join me on this, on this journey of whether these episodes, you know, did they waste our time? Or was it worth it that, you know, the characters didn't really experience this the actual events that happened for the last 35 minutes? You know? So, because then it's like, well, if they never experienced it, do they actually grow or do they actually learn anything? And so, anyway, we'll, we'll go into this, and y'all can tell me whether I'm just being crazy or not. Okay, this is approaching Picard's spirit conspiracy territory. Exactly, but. exactly, <laughs> it is. So, so the first it never happened episodes, I, I categorize an, as you know, no memory or the amnesia episodes. And so, the first one that automatically comes to mind is clues. Um, which, uh, you know, for, for those who, who may not remember, this is the episode where 
um, there's uh, experience the planet or something, and then uh, they're like, oh, all the crews, it feels like something happened, but Data's like, oh, no. You know, as everyone gets up off the floor, Data's like, oh, no, we just experienced something, you know, no worries. You know, be dubs, don't worry. It's been 30 uh, seconds, don't even worry about it. Yeah, yeah, and then they throughout the episode, they discover, like, no, we were out for longer that time, and, oh, Data's lying, and this whole big thing, and it all comes down to, Data, why are you lying? And then reveals it was because some, you know, xenophobic, there's always a xenophobic yeah. race, um, one of them, like, you will either explode you or you forget everything. And so the crew had chosen, and Picard had ordered Data, and so this is because you left clues. We're humans, we like clues. Um, and and so they decided to do it one more time. Like that was a dress rehearsal, and so one more time. So the crew, so that whole episode, the aliens totally understand the concept of a dress rehearsal. <laughs> That's right. No, and a tech rehearsal too. They're very important. Um, and a Q to Q. It's all these are all very important theater terms. Um, but but what happens at the end of the episode is that they try one more time, and Data is the only person who has memory of anything that happened. No other characters do. So like in an episode like that, Daniel, like. You know, I mean, does it? I mean, it's it's an interesting premise, but did did they waste our time on that one, or you know, because Data's the only one who remembers that episode? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I'm I'm with you in the fact that I do get annoyed sometimes with these episodes, like, oh, it was in their mind the whole time, and I'm like, oh, okay, so I just wasted forty five minutes in some crazy guy's delusions. Um, you know, I, I I kind of go along with you as far as that's concerned. Clues is an interesting example because it did actually happen and there was a reason for it happening and they don't necessarily erase it from what actually happened they just erase it from the main character's memories but it is a significant event that happens it doesn't bother me so much i would say what about you darren when the whole crew determines that they're a week off of the next starfleet calendar but anyway yeah i i don't really feel cheated in this episode because even though their memories get erased, we get to experience this situation where what if people think Data's lying? And that's a really interesting concept, you know, where they're able to present that concept without Data actually lying and getting in trouble for it. So it it's nice to see... Because that's the majority of the episode is they're trying to figure out, you know, what's going on and everything keeps pointing back to data and he's making up flimsier and flimsier, uh, you know, techno babble about, oh, well, uh, it must be this reason. And they're like, no, data, I don't I don't think so. And there's a there's a lie that I think with like with with Jordy talks to Carl, like, I can't even believe data said that with a straight. He's face. like, yeah, I can't even like believe he suggested it. <laughs> so in that part, it's a it's a fun kind of thought experiment uh, that they could have done, you know on a holodeck or some other Starfleet training if they needed to, but the way they presented it, I think it worked. So I don't necessarily feel this one's a reset button per se, as it is, uh, you know, an experiment in, in focusing on data lying and what would that do to the crew as they try to figure out what's going on. Um, and then uh, so to, here's my question. Does captain Picard outrank captain Picard? Because he gives an order to Data, which captain? Have Picard you been outrages? in contact with Starfleet Command? <laughs> Are they doing another performance review on me? They seem to be doing a lot of those since I sent my logs back. <laughs> well, it's more of a psychiatric review, uh, more than a career. Okay, well, that's that's close. Now, this one I it was a reach, but I'm still going to use it. Thine own self. 
where the only person who gets amnesia is Data. <laughs> um, because for those who don't remember, this is actually um, a two stories going on in this episode. Uh, this is actually the Troy Kills Geordi episode, if I'm correct. But it's also the uh, Data lands on or on a, a wait mission um, to, to recover some radioactive material or probe or something. And he gets radioactive um, and loses his <laughs> did memory. Did you just turn that word into a, a, a <laughs> verb or an adjective I there? Did. Radioactive? I did. <laughs> yeah, and he has the powers of a spider. Um, no, um, and, spider and he loses data, his... <laughs> spider data. <laughs> Spins can't a multi-polymer con- alloy out of his arm. <laughs> but can't use contractions. Can't use contractions. Um, <laughs> um, but he goes into a village of pre-warp civilization, but he doesn't have any memory of who he is or what he is, and hijinks ensue with him being burned at the stake, if I remember correctly. Um, me- metaphorically, you know. Um, and then sort of like Data, you know, George, or Troy and, and Riker, you know, find Data's body, quote unquote. And they're like, oh, Data, you must have, you had, uh, you know, a good experience, um, made a difference in this young girl's life, blah, blah, blah. He's like, all right, okay, I'll take your word for it. Prime directive be damned. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I mean, this sort of a reverse one of like, you know, this character had this great journey. Um, and so like, but does it, but he does it because he forgets all of it. So like, Darren, I mean, does that meaningless to data well or? no but he doesn't forget it he just doesn't know who he is for the majority well, I mean, at of the, the end episode. of it when he he sort of doesn't remember that oh I, it's he, been a while since i've watched it i thought he remembered it he just it's like his old memory of who he is comes back but are you saying he, he doesn't remember the mission but he doesn't remember oh yeah. well that's a bummer because yeah right. it's a good you know yeah and then that's a little annoying because he kind of grows and he by not knowing who he is through a lot of it, he's not like self, you know, not self-deprecating where he's like, oh, well, I can't do this and I can't, you know, have an emotion. He just is. He's like, humors are not elements, woman. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, this does not sound right. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Daniel? You know, you always What's in the box, data? data? What's in the box? <laughs> you know, that as a, as a slight aside, the... The conversation between Data and the quote-unquote teacher in that episode uh, might be one of my favorite moments of TNG in general. Uh, it's pretty awesome, and uh, you know, without getting too deep into it, it's <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, I don't feel cheated by it at all. I mean, I, I, certainly not by the memory loss thing. I guess it kind of kind of makes sense. Uh yeah, at the end, whatever it, it is, what it is, but uh, and it's so inconsistent because Data can like, oh, I know what science is and I know what these elements are, but I don't remember my name and I don't know what kind of a creature I am. Like so, it's like super Very selective. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it is what it is. But doesn't it, he it have like a backup memory core in his foot or something? I mean, that would <laughs> seem like a good idea, Doctor. And and ethics programming. <laughs> yes. It tells an interesting story. At least we get that out of it, I guess. Yes. So, so those are my. I can't think of any other amnesia ones. Those are usually the most like uh, we did this whole episode and then we don't remember any of it. Um, so the next category I call it's complicated because they, they they did happen, but not really. So the first one is is uh, you guys you'll love it. Uh, inner light. You know. So that happened. Or 
did it happen? So I mean, and it, I think we've had this conversation before, but I'll just I'll just give the floor to y'all. So like, Daniel, did Interlight really happen? That's did Picard really go back? <laughs> well, he didn't know. Live alive, Picard. No, under those conditions, under that definition, no, no, that did not happen. But it, that's not what the point is. He was not transported back in time to this civilization. This civilization was beamed into his head in the fifteen thirty. Totally different situation well it is i so mean he was it, reverse you know, he was reverse locutist got it, it it is a totally different situation and and since this is the situation we're talking about it, it actually becomes relevant and we can nerd out on it yeah he's not a, he's not going back in time and experiencing this entire people isn't he's not entiring this or excuse me he's not encountering this entire culture as it was what he's what he is experiencing is a culture that kind of pushes its experience towards an individual. So he's sitting here on the on the on the floor of the Enterprise Bridge and he's down for But it's great carpet, so he's comfortable. He's comfortable. He's comfortable. So it's 15 to 30 seconds of him experiencing 40, 50 years of lifetime. And you know, I you know, I I I like the inner light. I'm not in love with it like a lot of people are and I know, you know, Philip that it's not your favorite thing in the whole world. And I understand where you're coming from, but on the other hand, it is a significant difference. Uh, it did happen. Picard did experience these things, and they were significant to him. But this experience was was kind of pushed to him, like the Matrix, even though it wasn't real. Yes, exactly. It was, was exa- downloaded. Exactly. He knows kung fu after this, which is awesome. So right. Instead of it's a little less cool than the Matrix. So like you know, yeah. at the end, you know, when when that famous line when Neo's like. I know Kung Fu. And then instead it's like Picard, like I know the flute. Like, you know, it's a, it's a little less. Cool. I know eight ways to make sun protection. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite the same. Just, but it is, you know, it's no less significant. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think because he does remember it all. And I'm just glad that the probe comes across the enterprise and it's, I can just picture like a Klingon cruiser and the captain's walking along and all of a sudden just like, ah, and he like falls over and then he wakes <laughs> he's up and he's like, when he hits that floor and he's like, destroy that thing. And they blow it up. And then he goes into like a Klingon psychiatric hospital. Cause he's like out of his mind. And it just, you know, wouldn't really preserve you. Know, there's just <laughs> one probe. They couldn't send more, but I don't know. It just, Seems kind of they put in all their the Klingon version of the inner life. He's like <laughs> he, he kills everyone wife. in the village. <laughs> he just he's so bad. He just kills everyone, and then he's just alone. Like As for the sun 40 slowly years. Bur- burns him. Yeah, he's like ah ah. He like puts his hand out into the Fighting sun. The sun. Uh, now I'm just picturing him though, like actually becoming like a sweet old man, and he's got his little son. He's like, "Did you comply with sun protection?" <laughs> you see, like the half Klingon children walking around. Um, I'm just saying, it's very lucky that they they found Picard and not you know the Romulan <laughs> Star Empire or something. But on the next episode rewrite of <laughs> Earl Grey, <laughs> the Inner Light Klingon version, <laughs> the Inner Kachlach. Um. Next on the list, obviously, great episode, but but it falls under this category, I think. Yesterday's Enterprise. Did it? Well, Daniel, I think we all know Yesterday's Enterprise really happened because look at this person, <laughs> Commander <laughs> Sela. So we know it really happened, right? 
Oh man, this one just messes with time for no. Yeah, good. this is this is uh, this is one of the tougher kind of did or did it not happen kind of because a parallel universe in our universe. Or it, alternate okay, timeline? so uh, you know, oh, hey, you know what? I'm actually going to leave this to Metatrex to determine the uh, <laughs> the the you know the <laughs> the determinism and the uh, the predestination paradoxes. I'm going to let them handle that, but. Um, did it actually happen is a really good question. Yes, it did happen because two of two things you mentioned Sela, unfortunately, but that's, that, <laughs> that is a consequence of the episode and also Guinan remembers it. So it's a, it is a thing that is, that has actually happened. I'm now totally picturing, uh, Picard or data or someone he like wipes off like the, he grabs like a space pen and he's like, no, no. See, when the Enterprise C came forward, it went into an alternate <laughs> 2000 or 2455. And so we, we jumped over that minute too. And this is controlled by Biff Industries everywhere. It's really and bad. Picard built this to scale model of yeah. the uh, Enterprise C. Of the Devron system. No, just kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, this one, it's it's really hard because if it wasn't for Guinan, this would almost be like a pocket episode where like we know something's changed, but literally none of our characters are aware of the change, which would be really interesting uh, to say the least. So yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't really affect our prime characters, but again, it's just kind of one of those what ifs, like what if the battle of Narenda three didn't happen and everything's really bad. So. Dude, when I was growing up, that was my, one of my favorite, whenever I went to a comic book store, I would look in captain America pile and then I would go to the what ifs because what ifs were awesome in Marvel. And it's like, what if, you know, what if the Punisher was Captain America? That literally, <laughs> that literally was one. I, I have that one. Somewhere. Oh, so um, there's this, I don't know, a ton of comics. So they, they have like a whole series that have yeah, just, it's just like, what if, like one what off, if what ifs. The, what if, like, uh, Kingpin knew Daredevil was blind? Or what if, um, you know, like, other people were, became the Fantastic Four? Or what, you know, it's like all these things. It's like the like, janitor, and he's like, I yeah. have magic stretching powers. Yeah. This is great. Uh, I'm trying to remember the ones that, different ones I have. Um, but anyway, because well, it was always the Watcher, you know, would be the narrator. Oh, for that. yeah. yeah so. In World Earth 582B. Yeah, that you know of. That you know of. Comic books are real. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the next one is tapestry or tacustry. Uh, so, Darren, did that really happen? Did Q is really Q God bring back Picard, <laughs> and did Picard really go back in time? Um, I mean, it's obviously with the power of Q. It, I think, it's just a very elaborate illusion because. He doesn't really... It's not a trick, Darren. It's an illusion. <laughs> oh, my oh, my God. I would love... To... Oh. It's an illusion. Oh, man. Q never reveals his tricks. I mean, illusions. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> not, because... No, no, no. Now I got like Q like, I am God Picard. And you hear the narrator voice. That was a lie. <laughs> oh, well, no. I mean, when we see... Picard, though, he's not young. He looks the same. So obviously he's just experiencing <laughs> I don't know what this, I expected. Yeah. yeah through an illusion. Um, so, yeah, this it's an interesting one, especially since it's Q. And Q just always... 
we know he likes creating illusions for the crew to experience. Like, obviously, they didn't get transported to Robin Hood era. No one's know. seen Q driving the little, what, do you, what are those things called? Zamboni machine? Oh, the Segway. Segway. <laughs> Why does Q have a Segway? I'm lost. <laughs> this is Arrested Development. We're doing oh, Arrested Development. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Okay. But anyway, so yeah, I don't, I don't feel this one really happened. It's just Q, not like um, all good things where Q actually changed time in some way. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, Darren. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But, but what about you, Daniel? I mean, you know, it's, it's a great episode. I'm not trying to say it's not, but like, I mean, was this just like a dream for Picard or, I mean, and if that's all it was, what is value does that have? Well, I mean, (laughs) that's kind of a silly question. It almost sounds like you've never watched the episode before, Philip. The entire point of the episode was to get Picard to be grateful for his life that he's had and the choices he's made. Of course, it's okay for it to be personal and entirely in his head. (sighs) Tapestry is actually kind of also an interesting example of this because, yeah, again, it's just about Picard. It's just about what he knows and what he learns from that. It doesn't matter... I have my theory. My theory is that Picard, or not Picard, Hugh created an alternate timeline for that story. That that thing never existed. It wasn't a real thing, but Hugh just kind of created this pocket universe and just to teach Picard this lesson. But it doesn't matter if that's the case. It doesn't matter if it's real or in his head because what what he gets out of that message is what matters. And... Because like if it, if it doesn't really happen, and you know Crusher just you know saved Picard, then it really wasn't important that he had that artificial heart. It was just like, well, no, Crusher just saved you. That was. It's not like you were really near death or anything, and you had to choose. Oh, if only I had a real heart, and you know. Well, no, but it, again, that I mean, yeah, on the surface, that that's. I guess you could look at it that way, but that's not what the episode's about. The episode is ultimately about regret and and uh, this idea of could I go back and change the past? If I go, if I went back and changed the past, and I tried to manipulate who I was and what happened to me, would it would it serve any purpose? Would it would it make me better? Like, no, we are the sum of our parts. We are the we are our past. We are the experiences that we've had, and that's why it doesn't matter whether or not. Q showing up in his bed trying to give him flowers <laughs> is exists because it's just it's just a part of that uh it's a part of that vision so I think you're mixing it up but I like it Q showing up in the bed to give him flowers that would have been like just like rolls over <laughs> Oh yeah you're right flower for you you're right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. I'm I doing that Oh goodness Yeah yeah I mean yeah I mean, another one. I mean, obviously, you know, this, these 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 episodes just go higher in quality as I list them. Because next, as Darren mentioned, is all good things. So, again, you know, Picard travels. To, Q messing with everything. Travels to the past, and yet doesn't seem to have any effect of the past, and it's a different past than we know. But then he goes to the future, or does he? So, Darren, what what do you think of all good things? Did it really happen? Not the present, because we can assume that really happened. But, like, the past and the future. But even the present, because... Well, okay, no, that's right. The present 
is the main lens. Well, we're no, seeing you're right, Darren. Through. You're right. It is the present because the, it, the episode ends with him at the beginning of the episode. So even that present that we saw didn't really happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Because they don't go to the Devron system in the present. They don't. The whole thing's a go reset there in button. the past. It's a big reset button. Um, but I'd say it works though because Picard remembers in the end. And he's able to tell, you know, the you mean to tell me, Picard. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, but he remembers, and then he tells everyone why, you know, what kind of happened. Um, and yes, well, it is kind of circular, where he created the problem and then created the solution that no one else even knows. But I think, uh, I mean, but I mean, it's it's you know, it's all good things. Everyone loves. (laughs) You just can't all good things at Darren. Show me your math. We should have done this a long time ago. Okay. Because <laughs> it's, it's, I guess one of the things about these kinds of episodes is that are there consequences? And again, look, all good, I'm great. All good things is great. I'm, I'm definitely not trying to say that. I'm just trying to. Are you sure? Because I get the feeling you may not I'm, like all I'm good playing Fecklar's advocate, okay? Okay, okay. <laughs> um, but, but, Daniel, I mean, you know, the, the, of consequences. So, like, the. The events in the past, you basically get a free for all. Like you do whatever you want in the past. You're not gonna affect the president or the future at all. Okay. Well just I'll just, you know, smack yar and like, let's around. destroy Farpoint Station. <laughs> see what happens. No. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Is space jellyfish? Now it's space calamari. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have a future which may or may not joy. be the future. And this is of joy and gratitude. It's like destruction and fear. <laughs> destruction and fear. But then you have a future. Which is that the actual future? Is that just Picard creating that? Like, does Jordy really? Because then, of course, does, you know, does Data really add that spot of gray to his hair? Does, I mean, I can't. Does even Data see it. really live? Ooh. Well, we did. Well, oh. He kind of does. But. The Enterprise D died too. But by that, the way, but that's true. In and taking Nemesis into account, that would have to be B four. And oh, if that actually. And what about I the mean, Enterprise it, D that died in generations? Well, and this and this goes to show oh, you. Yeah, this goes geez. to show, and this is kind of instead of bolting on a third nacelle, Deanna crashed the freaking <laughs> ship. So, and this and this maybe that's why Picard told them about the future because he knew it would change and they'd all get messed up. You know, and this goes to show you. And this is uh, for a lot of reasons. I kind of think of all good things as Tapestry 2.0. I mean, I, I think Q follows the same rules that he does in Tapestry. These are th- events that may or may not happen, that may or may not have happened. These are alternate timelines. I mean, if you look at the beginning, the fir- you know, the beginning of all good things and the end of all good things, and the same thing with tapestry, the beginning of the episode, the end of the episode. And this is exactly why you brought this up, Philip. Um, yeah, technically they don't matter. Nothing really happens. It's it's actually just a character study for Picard for both of those episodes, and he learns something and at the end of both of those <laughs> both of those things you know they go through this experience together being they Q and Picard and you know i mean was Q and Picard you know was Q sticking his fingers in the primordial ooze no of, of course he wasn't actually doing that but that's not the point of the episode i mean you really should have brought up that's a, a good point <laughs> But that's a good point because it makes me think back to to Tapestry. I mean, there's no... Riker doesn't have a memory of interacting with, you know, Lieutenant 
junior grade blue shirt Picard. Like that doesn't happen at all. It's just all part of Q's playing his God card. Um, Which really, but yeah, that anyone you're playing with and they pull that card. I mean, it's just a jerk move. Yeah, yeah, he's really bad at cards against humanity. The trial never ends. <laughs> Okay, well, another, I mean, obviously these are great episodes we talk about forever, but, like, another one is um, in this, or sort of, it's complicated, it happened, but it didn't, and then the end ends with the beginning, is Parallels. Um, And so, this is, of course, when Worf goes into universes, how would I describe them? Parallel. Parallel universes. (laughs) Um, And, uh... That's a great name for an episode. (laughs) I'm just saying, we're very literal. Um, And, uh... And it's interesting because there's sort of a suggestion that um, he actually ends up in a different universe because he started in the Prime Universe and the Surprise Party Universe, but he ended <laughs> the in the... Surprise Party Universe. <laughs> I love the idea of the defining factor <laughs> of that universe. That, so we have in Star Trek, of course, we have the Mirror Universe, you know, uh, <laughs> and then of course we have the Surprise universe. Party Universe. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the super beard Riker. It's like JJ. That's awesome. Um and then you That's have, true. Then you have That's the not surprise universe at the end. So um so I mean so Darren and, and also it's a reverse well, I don't know what you would call it, because then he gets the idea of dating Troy from the other universe, but did it ever happen? Right. It, but the impact of his adventure does alter either it alters the universe that he ends up in, if it's not the same one. Or he ends up in one that's very, 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 very similar, but just tiny bit different. Ensign Party didn't uh, get the memo that the senior staff wanted a surprise party for Worf, so that didn't happen. But the painting was still there, so that's all good. Oh, Battle of... uh... (laughs) Battle of Kanar, yes. But yeah, no, I I like parallels. It's a it's a really fun episode. It's it's fun, you know, all the pulling out all the different bridge pieces and the uniform changes and you know, I love those com badges with the rank on them. That's actually kind of cool. Also uh, love but... how bad could I mean, how many episodes of Star Trek have we seen where like Alien of the Week comes on board the Enterprise or Voyager or Define or whatever? And just like automatically knows, like, oh, here's all the buttons, beep, bop, bloop, bop, beep, I win. Where you have parallels where Worf's like, I don't recognize the configuration. I can't fire the torpedo button. Like, really? Because up is down, <laughs> cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Was it like in Quirky? Like, because that was, was, I guess, yeah. you know, from. To- He's a Dvorak, obviously. <laughs> but, but that also, I mean, that's also, like you said, that's a great line, though, uh, because that's something that's always kind of implied about L cars is that you can reconfigure it to however you want, however you most are used to like their standards, obviously. But if you really like the photon torpedo button to be on the left, cause you're left-handed and you want to be like, Pew! you know, you could do that. Something that's implied, um, but never shown on screen. I feel like this is very important to actually point out. 
Well, see, if you hold down on the home button, it puts L cars into jiggle mode, and then you're <laughs> wiggle, able to wiggle, move. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> yeah, you're able to move all the. I'm just now picturing them like moving the different clusters of buttons into different, and then they lock it, and they're like, "Nah, I don't really ever use this button. Let me just hide it over in this folder over here." By the not way, many, that not many people ha- know if you press Shift, it will actually fire torpedoes faster. and that would actually be a terrible interface because imagine there's an emergency on the bridge right guys i know this is this is tough to imagine but i'm going to paint a picture for you right now (laughs) emergency on the bridge you're on the enterprise d read alert right and somebody other than wharf is at tactical Uh, and we get we get hit by something rocks fall from the ceiling sparks fly from the console this person gets killed they get knocked out immediately and then you are the backup person you come in and this configuration is totally alien to you You have one second to fire a phaser or a photon torpedo and you have no idea this person is like in south paw mode and you don't even know what the hell's going on so they're red green colorblind so even the buttons colors don't even make sense it just wouldn't work these are so very fascinating (laughs) so many buttons i'm just saying but or you could be little what is it Jeremy Astor or whatever like I press something. I'm sorry I put my hand on the console right as the ship exploded <laughs> and yet on the experimental ship in a ship in a bottle or no message in a bottle is if you smack your hand on it you'll separate into the tactical sequence yes yeah that doesn't seem like the best uh, configuration I'm just just saying especially uh, if say you know their fingerprints don't match somebody who should have the authority to do that kind of a, a maneuver. So, so, so we sort of say parallels is sort of like Worf playing Picard in that one. So, um, cause and effect. That didn't happen except for the last five minutes. Um, but anyway. I mean, there's a whole book that really talks about what happens after those five <laughs> wait, minutes. Wait, wait, is this the Animorphs interested. book, Darren? No, not the Animorphs <laughs> book. <laughs> Ship of the Animorphs. <laughs> So, so, I mean, with cause and effect, obviously, you're, you're very well versed in cause and effect, Darren. I mean, you know, obviously, three-fourths of that episode didn't ha- Well, I mean, you know, that happened, obviously, but, like, not really. It's Groundhog right. Day, obviously, of Star Trek TNG. What, what are your thoughts on sort of, like, you know... It's true. Only The only one that happens is the one where all the threes are happening and everyone's like, what is going on? Because that's the last loop where they don't blow up. So, yeah, and then the only reason they know how long it was because they scan the closest closest time buoy or whatever and they're like oh man we've been doing this for weeks or whatever i mean i guess that's like actually like groundhog day which i haven't seen in probably years so like (laughs) so i'm not picturing picard wakes up and the computer's all like (laughs) i got you babe (laughs) well like for the people that are not bill murray you know only the last time ever happened or is it just like your memory gets hurried i mean the same thing for a cause and effect so like you know But, but yeah yeah, Daniel, what, 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 what is your cause and effect theory? Well, you know, I was actually just going to say that uh, much like Ferris Bueller, never actually oh, seen Groundhog Day. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Uh, but Send all of your 80s DVDs to <laughs> one Man. Hey, I know some 80s movies, guys. I, I've seen Star Trek Four. 
<laughs> uh, well, double. D- uh, <laughs> no. So no Groundhog's Day no. and no. No first. You didn't tell me you haven't seen Ghostbusters. I've seen so both Ghostbusters a thousand times. So see, okay, it's okay. it's you know what? Listen, Darren, and I know. <laughs> and I know uh, listen, this probably goes for uh, for everyone here. But if you've been if you were born in the eighties, there are a lot of films that maybe you don't know from that decade. Popular films. And uh, I would find one. I bet you I'd find one that you haven't seen, Darren. Uh, but, no, cause and effect is interesting as well. But not Groundhog's Day. <laughs> I mean, anyway. Uh, it's interesting. It's okay. It, it, it's okay. It is interesting because, yeah, I guess really for the point of the ongoing story, the last five minutes are really the only ones that matter for, for TNG. But, yeah, that's the only time loop that, they remember because it doesn't get reset, but you know, they didn't learn how to play the piano or anything useful, but all right. Well, that doesn't, I've actually just remembered an episode that I haven't mentioned, but I'll just save it till the end. Um, uh, well, I'll just say it now. And this would actually go under, cause I can't remember how it ends. Actually conundrum. Is that, no, that'd be no memory. Cause obviously, you know, they, they, they don't have any memory for, except no, they do remember that one. So I guess that doesn't really count because they actually do remember at the end, everything that happened. So, Never mind. Yeah, um, but I yeah, mean, it they, is they just aren't that, acting as themselves. Yeah, it is important that you mentioned conundrum just because of Commander McDuff. Yes. Yeah, is. I mean, it was in the intro of the episode. Yeah, because well, so. yeah. it's one of the it, it. In some ways, that is sort of the uh, antithesis of what I'm talking about because they actually remember at the end of conundrum. You know, if it was one thing where like you know the whole episode is they you know they all had amnesia and they discover it, but then when all their memories come back, they don't remember. What happened? But they do. They remember the whole episode, and so it's like, well, then they grew from that, and that's where you get the little commentary about Riker being, you know, come on, man, choose choose one. All right. Anyway, um, so my last category was, it was all an illusion. Illusion. An illusion, Michael. Future what? Oh, anyway. All right. So future imperfect. Um, that's where Riker goes into the future. But it's not really because it was fake. It's a fake. And it wasn't even that fake. It was the fake of the fake. Yes, it was the fake of the fake. Um, so, I mean, you know, he remembers it all. But but it's one of those things like, do you, I mean, it's a good, I actually like it. I'm not trying to criticize any of these. No. But it's sort of like, you're like, well, really? Okay. I mean, because like none of that was real, obviously. So those imaginings are like, oh, this is what a Riker Enterprise would be like. And you're like, no, it was just fake, made up. So, so Daniel, Captain Riker, being a fake. Uh, how's future imperfect for you? Fake. It involves Romulans too. So, so there you go. Or does it? Well, actually, it doesn't. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it's. I like that episode for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, it, it it's kind of it plays on Riker's "I want to be captain" kind of sensibilities, and then of course, what does him in? What he actually kind of needs to learn in order to break out of this idea that this is real is his wife minuet the hologram <laughs> so who's also continuity fake. who is or also fake. it is and it's a big continuity play there um this was what season six season six five six six maybe seven um five six <laughs> it's between one and seven uh, you got, five, you got six, seven. Uh, these uh, are your uh, tng uh, experts here uh, <laughs> earl gray uh, actually, I think it might be a little earlier than that. It might be five. It might be five or four, but I can't remember off the top of my head. 
think it was season one episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think right it was, uh, was a creature <laughs> imperfect was season four episode. <laughs> yeah, see, I, it was earlier than I thought it was. <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, and then that's uh, and that's you know one of those episodes where they're actually playing the potential future. But it's presented in a way that we're never really supposed to believe that this is an actual future, right? It's never supposed to be, oh, this is what's going to happen. This is like, oh, this has always been, you know, this has always been a deception. This is always a seduction. This is always kind of trying to trick the person into believing what what they want is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, because, like, you know, it's not like suddenly we were going to just do 10 years in the future of Next Generation and just be like, yeah, no, that totally happened. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Darren? What are you, what are you thinking of the? Uh, no, it was a fake. No, it was a fake, fake. No, it was just a kid. Yeah, I I think it's hard because Riker never really believes it. I mean, it's like the the whole. Part- I don't know, Darren. I could get used to the idea of a Ferengi at Khan. Well, it's not just that, but it's the fact that he is like sixteen years of and then of selective memory loss like i can remember who i am and all this but just not and it's just it's i i kind of i'm with him he's like yeah i don't believe this like this doesn't make sense like and even even as as the illusion starts to break down if you were really believing it you'd be like yeah data might be able to overcome not using contractions in 16 years get promoted you know it's possible yeah picard you know so if you really believed it you it'd be easier for the pieces to fall into place, but because he never really ever considers it, he's just always on the defensive and that's how the illusion breaks down. Yeah. It's, it's a good episode, but it just, just cause you to think. So another one that was, uh, it was all an illusion is remember me. Um, if you remember, remember. Ooh. uh, but this is part of the uh, trilogy of the traveler, um, <laughs> uh, coming soon to Blu-ray. Um, and this is where Beverly basically, I guess if you're keeping track at home, probably five minutes into the episode is suddenly in a parallel universe. Not that you know it until the end. Um, and so, and I don't think we found out what's really going on. Maybe three fourths of the way. I'm kind of making that when we finally see like Wesley or whatever. Like, oh no, it's the other side. So um, Beverly's in a fake world. Um, so Darren, you know, was it was it worth the because uh, this is the Beverly's the only one who knows what's going on. Or, or right. not really. I suppose everyone else does. Display the nature of the universe. That's right. Here's a question you can't answer, computer. Ha! <laughs> what is the last number of pi? <laughs> Four. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't remember. Isn't it because she's like exposed to a Wesley's war bubble? When she, when she war gets bubble? engineering, yeah. she gets trapped in a bubble. Because that's, that's real stuff that happens. Yeah, I, I don't what know. What would Freud it's... say about the son capturing his mom in a war? But I like also towards the very end where she's like, wait, so this entire ship was built so you and I can just gallivant around the cosmos. Like, I mean, what shipper sense, would write this story? Yeah, it does very feel very fanfic-ish. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it is an, it's not so much an illusion as it is a just like a, almost like a pocket universe the one that she makes I up know, or, or I, I mean isn't that the explanation that she was thinking about losing people oh yeah so, i don't know yeah. it's a bit of a stretch no matter how you slice it you but. can't slice a warp bubble duh. yeah daniel what about you remember me does it you know 
do you feel cheated or is it like okay well that's a that's the thing yeah yeah that's yeah. what i thought yeah. you're right i think there are better traveler entries um and uh let's see so uh, going back to Riker for a moment frame of mind <laughs> yes so daniel what do you think about it because i'm not crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, frame of mind is also you know of all of the entries that we've talked about so far it's you know, you well. It is. It's at least played and kind of presented in such a way that it's not so far fetched. It's like wow. the idea. <laughs> the idea is is someone could someone that we've we've known and experienced be actually insane, and you know, it's an interesting kind of character study into Riker and I, in a lot of ways, sometimes I I mix up. What he does in this episode with also with um, schisms. Uh, but that's just because my head kind of conflates the two like, oh, it's a fake reality. Somebody's trying to do stuff to him in the shadows and it's secret. And it's, yeah, it's very different in this episode for sure. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, Darren, this is obviously the sort of inception change. Not that that was existed then, but this is sort of like. Wow. <laughs> You know, like, what is reality? Which, I mean, that's the whole, does it really happen? What, is any of this happening? What is real? What is not real? And, and that's what this whole um, episode is, I guess, about. You know, because it's the play within the story, yeah. within the story, within the play. Yeah, I could definitely see him not wanting to do the play after this. Being like, you know, I just, not not really up for it. But, yeah, and, and it says this one, these kinds of episodes are tricky because it's hard to, it's hard when your main character really doesn't know what's going on. And so you need to have enough information that you're kind of going along with him, but you can't know the answer already because otherwise there's no point in watching. So the way they string out the story, you makes you kind of doubt, like, is he going insane or, you know, is, you know, and the twist at the end where they're trying to extract information and such. So it's a, it's a great episode. It's really well written. So after we've taken this journey or did we, what do you all think of 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 how TNG handled these sort of? Because I mean, you know, the other the other uh, Star Trek series sort of have their own versions of of uh, you know, did we really experience this? Um, or are we hitting reset buttons or parallel universe? Um, I mean, just like random ones, I'll think of like uh, so Enterprise um, when uh, it's season three. I'm forgetting is it um, where you know uh, Archer wakes up and it's the future and Earth's destroyed. And he and T'Pol, you know, she's just taking care of him, blah, 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 blah. But then he does some sort of temporal thing that resets everything and he goes back to the beginning. I forget if he even remembers what happened or anything. Um, but, you know, the other shows, and then you have, like, Far Beyond the Stars, which you mentioned, Daniel, for Deep Space Nine. Um, Voyager always accused of, you know, Year of Hell. You can use Year of Hell, obviously. Um, TOS. Um, I don't know if they really had an episode where they forgot what happened, but they sort of had, I think it was the Naked, was the... Where they went back in time from, like they got to relive those days all over again or something. But anyway, so 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 Darren, what do you think about how TNG handled the? Um, did it really happen? Did it happen? I mean, it's no year year of hell. I mean, it's not like we took two whole episodes and just completely erased them. But uh, yeah, no, I think you know. And what's interesting is not very many of these actually deal with time travel. It's either an illusion or something put forth by an alien, and it yeah it's i think we get a lot of great variety in star trek the next generation 
with these kinds of things, all the more leading to Captain Picard getting an inquiry from uh, Starfleet Command as they're like, really, Picard, this all go down? We're not so sure. And that's really it, um, because on this two-person podcast, which we've had the whole entire time, I mean, that's pretty much the only... Yeah, I mean, why would you have a podcast with three people? I mean, <laughs> we've no been one, a two-person no one else podcast. Has that. Thought, what, would it make sense to have a third person? Oh, wait, no, Dan- yeah. Dan- Daniel, you, you've been here the whole time? Ian, I am Commander McDaniel. <laughs> <laughs> no, Daniel, what are your thoughts about how TNG handled these sort of... Because, I mean, look, it's just a way to tell a story. I'm not criticizing, but, you know, how do you, did, was it all hits and hits, or were there misses, or do you feel like, eh, come on now, guys... Well, you know, honestly, if you asked me that question before we had this talk, I would have said, you know, you know, it's even. But I I seem to have been defending these kind of alternate timelines, alternate histories, pocket universe episodes more than I would have expected. So, you know, thinking about it now, I would actually say that maybe maybe they did pretty well, pretty well. Of course, you know, room for improvement and not everything was perfect, but... There are there are solid episodes, things like Tapestry and all good things where, you know, you could say that these are forgetful, quote unquote, amnesiac kind of episodes, but they have an impact. And maybe they don't have an impact on the characters, but they have an impact on the viewer. And or uh, something you didn't mention, Philip, that we did mention on our Last episode, uh, yesterday's Enterprise, another episode where kind of it's all forgotten by the end by everyone, really, right? And uh, you know, I think for the most part they did pretty good. Well, um, I feel like if you're listening to this, this episode was only a dream, folks. This never happened. You'll notice there was no Earl Grey this week, but. Talking about things that never happened are not the only things that have been mentioned on the network this week. Here's what else you may have missed, or did you, on Trek.fm. Previously on Trek.fm, The Orb. The Wadi, a fun-loving race from the Gamma Quadrant, arrive at DS9 eager to play a game with Cisco and the crew, one that appears to be a matter of life and death. All right, so are we moving along, Matthew? Oh, we're moving along. <laughs> the ready room. He's carrying in the lamb chop sock puppet <laughs> saying, she stayed at her post. <laughs> While Charlie Horse ran. <laughs> While Charlie Horse ran. <laughs> <laughs> to the journey. My last one, I think I might get a little bit of grief from you. Uh, workforce, part one. Oh my God. I I know. Hey, I did not make fun of Fairhaven. That's because Fairhaven's good and Workforce is boring. Oh, bite me. Commentary, Trek stars. You know, you you come up with something stupid because of some joke that someone said and someone else said, and then all of a sudden you're doing a uh, tournament of movies which J.J. Abrams produced (laughs) to determine which one is the crappiest. The 602 Club. We start getting hints of Thor, we start getting hints of Cap, we start getting hints of the entire Avengers crew, and we get Black Widow. So, I mean, Iron Man 2, considering how maybe that's not my favorite movie of the MCU, really does set up a lot of what is to come. Literary Treks. You know, visually, to me, this is one of my favorite eras of Star Trek. You know, those monster maroon coats they're wearing, and they're just absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, I've... 
A lot of people talked about wanting to get a Captain Sulu Star Trek series, and one of the big reasons for me that that would be so great is to see this era played out visually on a regular basis. Women at Warp. Her, her voice as a computer voice has become so iconic that when Google started developing what is now known as Google Now, that, that personal assistant you can speak to, um, they had initially codenamed it Google Majel. That's so cool. Isn't that awesome? Meta Trex. And I kind of had the jingle in my head, you can be a winner at the game yes. of life. And I was trying to think of the Star Trek version of that. You know, you, you, you can be a winner of the poker game of life on the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> on the it Inter- didn't really roll off the tongue. So It was great until you added on the Enterprise. Melodic Treks. The reason why I think Brian Wrightsell would be a more plausible choice is because he has worked with Fuller in the past. They worked together on Hannibal. He scored that series, all 39 episodes. The neat thing about Brian Wrightsell's music is it's more of a sound design than it is a score. Saturday Morning Trek. One of the characters is sizably larger than the than the other. So he's just I don't, closer to the camera, Aaron, obviously. But he's actually behind the other person. <laughs> he's a giant. <laughs> Wait, then he doesn't need a laser cutter. You can just lift the hatch up with it. <laughs> Go down and get it. Okay. Continuing mission. Yeah, and of course, another great thing is when it's it's all finished and you look at it and go, yeah, we made that together. Yeah, that's that's one of the greatest moments. And people respond to it and say, oh, that's that's pretty well made. The effects are great. The actors are are great, uh, even though they're Dutch trying to speak English, right? <laughs> And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zune. Visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to Trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek.fm show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on facebook.com slash trek.fm or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash Trek FM today. All right. Uh, Darren, if folks uh, want to know whether all of Earl Grey is a dream, where can they reach you? 
Um, let's see. They can free all hands abandon ship. All hands abandon ship. <laughs> no, no. They can find me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. Or if they want to talk about the dream state of the animated series, they can find me every other week with Aaron Harvey on Saturday Morning Trek. And Daniel, if folks want to talk about the different adventures Q has taken you on, or has he, where can they find you? They can find me on my on my little uh, side project podcast, uh, uh, Procure Adventures. Uh, no, Which one is that about? <laughs> it's it's not a real thing. Uh, but they can also find me on Twitter, at one of Dan, that is the number one, not the word. All right. And if folks want to talk to me about... Oh, I've forgotten. They can find me on Twitter, where my handle is NC Public Servant. That's NC4. All right, guys. Well, it's been great talking about um, things that never happened on TNG. Um, I'm going to have to really go over and pick up my uh, Star Trek The Next Generation Companion by Larry Namachek. Sold, I'm sure it stores near you. Um, and, and just look about how many of these episodes actually did happen. Were there seven seasons and three movies? I think that's what happened. Until next week, make it so. And live long and constant fire. 